0: Oh, uh, this should this should theoretically now be uh, coming through. How is everyone? Can you hear me? We uh, theoretically are live. I'm going to press this button here. Uh, there we go. And hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Is the sound coming through? All right. You can hear me. Very nice. There should be the nice sound of uh, bird song drifting in on the wind. Wait a minute, I'll bring Big Face up. Hello, hello everyone. Hello, welcome to um it's sunny here. It's very nice, isn't it? Uh, I hope everyone has been basically getting a chance to go outside and enjoy it. Um we we're, we're, it's it's going to be a fun one tonight, I think. Um at the expense of people who live or did live in Gerrard's Cross perhaps, but um you know raising raising and elevating past trauma but anyway we we, this was this is quite a heavily requested episode of rail matter actually people want to hear about the tesco tunnel and it's it's um temporary demise and so that's precisely what we're going to be talking about this evening hello everyone good i'm glad you can all hear me well that i'm gonna wave at you um but first, before we do any of that, uh, I'm going to make my face disappear, and uh, we're going to crack into the news. The, the, you know, we're going to get started. I'm not going to dither around this. I think we've probably got quite a bit to get through today. I don't know. We, let's see. Let's see how it goes. All of you always predict these to run long. Um, I don't know how long this will run. Let's see. So, oh, I've also got I've got my Wacom out ready to, ready to scribble on things, because I think there might be quite a bit of scribbling in this episode. Anyway, right. Without further ado, the news. Um, Right, yeah, first of things first, um, the government has made some large promises, uh, specifically promising uh, the fact that they're going to reduce emissions, greenhouse gas emissions, by 78% of 1990 levels by 2035. Um, That's a big promise, and if that happens, that's actually quite a good thing. The trouble is, uh, government isn't actually stumping up any money to do this, or or indeed any ambition or, or plans to do this. Um, and currently, if we whiz forward onto the next thing, there's a nice graph here from Carbon Brief. Um, you can sort of see. Um, so if I press this button here, uh, this this line here, this blue one that's just whizzing off along here, is basically um, current proposal, current government proposals, and they essentially flatline from this point onwards because government isn't proposing anything to change essentially, um, other than a few things uh, here and there on the, on the fringes. Um, in order to make, you know, in order to get to net zero by 2050, we need to do the big thick line thing. And that involves hard stuff, because we've done all the easy stuff. Uh, we've done all the big easy centralized stuff. Uh, namely, we've done energy, uh, you know, we've reduced energy emissions here, energy emissions kind of shooting down quite dramatically. This is since 1990. Um, uh, you know, we've reduced, we've reduced industry emissions quite a bit, uh, residential and uh, kind of uh, commercial, uh, maybe not so great. Res- uh, kind of residential is definitely still an issue when I mean, you've got a lot of home insulating to do. But the big one, and now the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions, is of course transport. And that's a really hard thing to change because it involves behavioural change, and governments hate doing that because P- it risks people not voting for them. So we've got the hard thing to do now. So um, without big cash for public transport, so that um, you can decarbonize lots of things without impacting on people uh unduly based on their income um without that kind of cash uh we're going to be stuck we're not going to meet those uh targets and those targets are legally binding now they are legally binding according to the climate change act 2008 so well let's hold government to account essentially Um, next uh let's see uh yeah of course um oh let's not even worry about sean bailey it's best not to worry about him uh next um embargoed redacted redacted uh look forward to that tomorrow uh, uh, essentially that's going to be exciting i uh, look forward to it uh, uh what else is in the news ah yes um uh, so yeah content warning that this I, I i need to get better at content warning so i put one in which is that this is this contains rail crash imagery but i'm it's now gonna i'm now gonna hide that box Um yeah the uh, carmen derailment uh, near Stonehaven. the interim report is out and um well i'll tease it for uh i'll tease it for next week but uh basically um uh, essentially that uh, that report is is already pretty insightful the uh the information within that is already kind of quite interesting to behold i'm hoping uh well in fact i'm not hoping i'm I, well, you, you'll find out at the end basically we'll be um, we'll be going through that um we'll be going through that report next episode so uh look forward to that happening um, anyway right without further ado So, uh, in fact, no, talking of rail crash incidents, hello to everyone watching, some nice, uh, lots of you here. Hello, everyone. Um, Talking of rail incidents, uh, the only reason we've got a far better, well, basically, what's interesting about the incident, the the crash, uh, the crash, the collapse we're talking about today is it happened at a funny time um, in a kind of a weird dark ages period when we just didn't record much about what was going wrong on our railway at all. Um, And and we'll kind of talk about that quite a bit. And I think that's probably going to be the main theme of this or or amongst a few big themes. Um, So while we have the the railway accident investigation branch looking at this stuff and and coming up with changes, recommendations that the industry can enact to to solve the problems that result in these incidents, um, that didn't happen in the collapse we're going to talk about today. And so that is, um, uh, I I think that's quite interesting. We're going to probably pick through that. Um, But without further ado, um, all it remains for me to do is really um, is really kick off uh, kick off the show. Um, welcome to tonight's Railnatter! <laughs> in city 225 fades away will i ever remember the fact that if i click away from the slide deck it will pause the video the answer is no of course not oh let's uh so here's a picture i mean you you know i'm sure a few of you've heard what happened and i want to kind of you know get the fun stuff out of the way immediately uh let's get my miniaturized face up in the corner hello miniaturized me in the corner um here is a hole and this hole wasn't supposed to be here in fact Originally this whole area was a hole, and then someone decided to make it not a hole, and then someone else decided to make it a hole again. Um uh there's the there's a tune in there somewhere. Uh Waterhouse, I hope you're listening. Anyway, um yes, and we're gonna explain why this hole appeared, why uh, uh the hole was before it disappeared, and indeed why North the Tesco's was involved. That's the plan for today. Let's see if we can manage it. We're only six minutes in, so we're doing quite well. Um yeah. Let's talk about the Gerrards Cross Tesco tunnel collapse, shall we? Um, for starters, we need to think about some things. Firstly, uh, the first thing we need to think about is um, what is Gerrards Cross, <laughs> uh, because it's uh, it's probably worth worth starting from the very beginning. So let's do just that. Uh, here is here is a map of the bottom end of the Britain that they have, uh, and um, here is London with lots of businesses that I like let's not worry about what, all those flags anyway and over here if you kind of see over over here in the kind of the 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 north the north the, the, the northwest end of, of that there London they have uh kind of on the other side of the Colne Valley and and just generally over here I wonder why HS2 whizzes through here not far off actually it disappears into a tunnel not far off because uh in fact let me just get the old satellite view up uh yeah, yeah it's up here because there's the HS2 tunnel so it does that so uh, not far off anyway I digress this is Gerrard's Cross down here where that pin is. It's Gerrard's Cross. In fact, that's the Tesco I've pinned. So you can sort of see where it is in relation to London. Um, there it is. It's got it's got its name in, in lights. In fact, the Majestic Wine there seems to... Oh, Google's just decided... Yeah, Majestic Wine seems to be very popular, given that's the only other business showing here. Strange. Anyway, here's Gerrard's Cross. Let's visit a satellite view to kind of see what's going on. So, um, yeah, we've got... A, it's, it's a fairly... I mean, it, it's, it's a, it looks like a satellite commuting town, part of London, kind of pretty standard. Um... So that that's Gerard's Cross. There's people here. Uh, yeah, Mr. Tim Dunn is, is with us. He can tell us what Gerard's Cross is. Uh, home, uh, once upon a time. Uh, yeah. So you can see it's kind of the M25 is here, and there's a big the A413 big dual carriageways there, and it's it's kind of pretty standard for what you'd expect in this this part of the country. But actually, perhaps deceptively, by what some of the um, some of the um, local uh, people and local residents might try and convince you is it's it's not a very old place. So if I was back to me slides um which is what I'm precisely going to do now um so this is this is 1900 we're whizzing back in time to 1900 and here is Gerard's cross well there isn't very much of it at all. Uh there isn't anything in fact. Uh the Gerard's cross really refers to um just refers to this bit here on I think is this is is this Oxford Road going out here probably something like that. Yeah, it's Oxford Road, and then, I don't know what this one is, something else. But there's a cross. You see, there's a cross. That's Gerard's Cross. That's what it is. Um, that's that's it. That, that's all. And, and so, um, until pretty recently, there wasn't any. In fact, until 1906, that was pretty much it for Gerard's Cross, Um but if we was for this mapping is from actually the mapping is from 1937 and then it was revised up until 1960. To be honest, not much changed. But fairly rapidly after um, 1906, uh, this all appeared. I was back and forth using the nice NLS mapping. Um, some stuff appeared. In fact, an entire town appeared, um, and uh, yeah, you, know, you can see quite nicely. Uh, Gerard's Cross, the, the whole centre of the town is sort of the old centre being here. It's now moved over here. Uh, and why is that? Well, it's because of this thing here a railway station appeared um yeah it's on the great central mainline right uh, and so there yeah, that was in 1906 and in fact if we whiz if i whiz if i get uh, if i get the old nls maps up so if we're in here you can see the railway station um in fact if i s- use my slider you can see there's a there's a funny lump on top of what you know on top of the railway there but we'll worry about that in a minute you can see quite quickly that this you know it's it grew up very rapidly, and actually hasn't changed. I mean, okay, there's 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 definitely new residential stuff has appeared, but actually a lot of the residences in General's Cross appeared in a very short space of time, and it hasn't. It doesn't seem to me to have grown much since. Uh, you know, this is this is mapping all from. This is basically all construction from the the interwar years, really. Um, and, and to my mind, if I whiz along here a bit maybe is, is, is appeared since it's, obviously there's, there's an entire wood, Duke's woods been ev- eviscerated by new housing, actually north of that, doesn't look like much of Gerrard's Cross is, uh, has, has grown out that much. Who's in the chat, who can inform me otherwise? Uh, Tim can, Tim says it's the sort of town where, um, his fellow residents campaigned to change the postcode from SL9 because they didn't want to be associated with Slough. Well, there we go. Anyway, so there is Gerrard's Cross. Um, and if I was back to my slides, uh, the reason, that, um, the reason it exploded and in, in, uh, kind of turned into being nothing to something is because of these two railway companies. They, they built a joint station there, I think. So the Great Central plumbed their high-speed line uh, for the time, their, their fast Great Central main line. Uh, the London extension kind of whizzed through Gerrard's Cross, right? Um, but it was a joint station with the Great Western, so the Great Western ran into it. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's these two who, who built Yon station. Anyway, the history of it is not the old the ancient history is very interesting, but not necessarily for today's episode. So oh yeah, and here is kind of what the station looks like now uh, ish. I, I took this picture off the, um, off the children website uh, mostly because of the hilarious uh, paint attempt to make this place look blue sky. Why have they photos? You can see the the funny line they've done. They've cut around the t- trees and shaved the top of this tree, um. But the, the, you know, this ominous little thing poking its head over the top of the, the parapet here. Anyway, this is a strange picture. Why on earth they've done gone to the effort to Photoshop blue into it? I don't know. It's very very bizarre. Anyway, I enjoyed this 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 image which came up on the Chilton website. Um, I think Gerard's Cross station looks a little nicer than this. Um, this makes it look kind of rough. Uh, which which probably isn't fair on the place. Anyway, so let's progress. So that is what Gerard's Cross is. The next question is, what is a Tesco's? It's a very, very good question. What is a Tesco's? Um, Every little helps a uh, Tesco's is a massive supermarket chain that for a long time were the largest retailing, uh, the largest retail organization, or like the second or third largest retail organization by whatever measure you picked in the world. Uh, so they were massive. Uh, not, I think they've been somewhat undermined a little bit more recently, but they're um, they're still pretty massive. So here's uh, here's the state of the UK supermarket landscape as of, the, uh, lucky what, a year and a half ago or something. Uh, and, yeah, there's Tesco's at the top um and Sainsbury's falling behind with Asda blah 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 so there, there's there's Tesco that is what a Tesco's is um uh, yes so um but what what did te- what did Tesco's have to do with Gerard's Cross well Gerard's Cross um is quite wealthy and they didn't have a big supermarket so Tesco's were like well we'll, we'll get involved in that so they made a proposal in 1996 to get stuck in and build a Tesco's um and uh, they so so that they were like hooray, and then the local council said uh, no. So the proposals were blocked that same year. I didn't get much further. Um, I'm Scottish, so it's Tesco's. But people who, um, other people, possibly English people, say Tesco. Uh, I don't know. It's it's it's. Uh, I don't know whether it's a regional thing. Oh, Mr. Tim Dunn says there's a rather good bronze statue of a GCR and Navi at the station. Oh, yes, there is. That's right. That's the that's the oh, round the side. Uh, also, during the eighties, we had uh, magnificent steam specials through most weekends. At uh, oh, that's that's very nice, actually. Uh, yeah, there we go. Gerard's Cross, where it all happens. So, the local council have blocked this. I'm I'm whizzing through a lot of very painful local history at this point. By the way, the uh, the local newspapers. Uh, much fire, much hatred of the idea of a Tesco's appearing. Um, Richard Smith says he reckons that Waitrose Tunnel wouldn't have falled, fallen in. Uh, well, there we go. Anyway, uh, so having been blocked by the locals, uh, good old Prescott hops in, uh, having appointed some independent uh, inspector to decide on, on on the thing. He called it in, and, and then he said yes in 1998. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and so that you'd, you'd think after nineteen ninety eight Tesco's would want to be starting to to kind of rake it in as quickly as possible, but no, no, they dithered for another five years. So why are we putting this Tesco upon a railway? Why, indeed? Why are we putting this Tesco on a railway? Well, let's whiz back to let's whiz back to Google Maps, shall we? If we have a look around, um, there isn't much space to do anything. There's the so so around t- this is kind of uh, protected. So actually, if we go back to here, this is the common. This is Gerard's Cross Common, and. Um, so you're not getting. A, there's no chance you're building on there. Um, there's nowhere else kind of close to the central business district to actually put anything. They could have put it over. I suppose they could have kind of dumped it over, over on the side here. But um, I think they were basically going. Well, if we put it on any of the greenfield land next to the M25, people are going to be unhappy. So what is the alternative? What can we do? What what's the thing that we can do? Oh actually, you know what I should have done is get Google Earth open to see if it, if I can trace back in time and see it appearing and disappearing. Oh that was a that was an error. Oh well maybe that's bonus content for uh for later on. Anyway, um I'll I'll, I'll make another video um afterwards and post it in. Anyway, there's uh you can see the kind of the 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 sort of central business district there by Gerard's cross, kind of off the the old mapping in the nineteen sixties. Actually, I wonder if I've got newer have I got any newer mapping? I don't know if I will actually. I think that's probably the largest scale, newest stuff. Anyway, you can see that Tesco's basically like, well, we'll have some of that. We'll shove a Tesco's in next to it. Um, and so they decided the best thing to do would be to put their, and in fact, I've got a picture that's going to demonstrate this reasonably neatly. Thanks, Tim, for sending the high-res version through. Um, here we are. This is a nice picture showing what's going on. Uh, yeah, so we have, um, press this button here. You've got a bridge here, and then we've got another bridge here. Uh, nice uh, nice railway over bridges there and um, you can see the station is here there's the station and you can see uh, this this fantastic picture isn't it like ah oh, is it pre tarmac Adam but still oh, it's, it's great anyway is this 40s is this like uh, late 30s 40s um, uh, anyway right yeah do at me in if you want me to spot your comments by the way at me in because then my name appears in red and it's very easy for me to spot things so um this uh, yeah so this area here, and and kind of and, and there are particularly this bit here, and then this bit here. Tim actually did a sketch of this on the Twitters moments merely moments ago. You can see these these areas are sort of um, central business district, sort of you know shops retail, and um, and so Tesco's clearly went. Well, you know what? If we build it here, we're not we're not demolishing anything. We're not getting in anyone's way. Uh, it's grand. I mean, apart from the signal box, uh, R I P. It's grand. We can build it there. No one will mind. So we'll put a tunnel over the top of the railway, and we'll put a Tesco's on top of that and everyone will be happy, no problem. Uh, well, no, that wasn't the case. Everyone got very angry for quite a long time, and there was a lot of toing and fro and it took five years before Tesco's finally managed to get get to the point where they had planning permission and shovels could hit the ground. Um, is it a, sta- a four-track station? It used to be a, uh, it is at this point, yeah, you can see it's, uh, it's four tracks, so it's the two fast lines kind of whizzing through, kind of standard great central main line, kind of nice mile radius curve probably, and whizzing through there nice and straight, isn't that nice? Um, it's not a high-speed line by today's measure. It's also full, but it was a pretty fast line when it was built. Uh, but it was interestingly also very heavily commuted, I mean, used very heavily for commuters and still is. So, two thousand and three is when stuff finally started happening. So, early two thousand and three is when um, the, the the kind of the first physical construction started happening on site, um, and it was done by a company called Jackson. Is Jackson? Uh, they still exist. Jackson Civil Engineering limited or something they, they they were bought up by babcock and then spat out again in a, in a kind of a management buyout it's all this strange but anyway they uh here, here is jackson and they were the ones in charge and they also they work with designers who was it? it was i think white young green were the main consultant designers um which is interesting because white young green this is where i start this is where i get sacked isn't it white young green didn't i think they got was it amy did white young green end up with amy anyway um andy savage is saying um uh yes uh it was insisted on uh, yeah rail track insisted on a four-track tunnel width yeah because in 2003 it was, or at the time that it was being planned between 98 and 2003 it was rail track not network rail uh, thanks andy andy savage is in the chat by the way um hello andy uh one group uh, tim dunn says one group of residents occupied a shop called yes to tesco another group occupied a shop set up as down with tesco uh so i'm i'm picturing like molotov cocktails being flung across streets and stuff and like kind of all-out warfare uh, but with, with sort of, um, you know, curtain twitchy type people doing it. That for me is is the is peak entertainment. But uh, the extent to which it was just a bunch of people kind of annoyed by the idea of construction uh, work and a big Tesco for no reason appearing in the middle of their town, um, and also kind of, yeah. Somewhat splitting, yeah. White and green was bought by Amy. Thanks, Gary Keener. Crikey, all the biggies are in in tonight. Uh, There were placards. I was pointing, there were angry letters in Paris newsletters. It was frankly bloody exhausting, says Mr. Tim Dunn. Uh, Thanks, Tim. Um, yeah, it does give you an idea. I I can, I can kind of imagine uh, there'll be people who I guess were just like, I don't, the Tesco's is inevitable, just let it happen and get the fuss over with, and others desperate to stop it happening. Um, an extent of people thinking that you know Gerard's cross was some sort of magical rural idyll. Um, probably a lot of others going with reasonably pragmatic feelings of the construction uh, disruption is going to be a real pain in the backside. Anyway, uh, so what are Jackson going to do about this? The fact there's a railway they've got to put a put a a tunnel over the top of and then a test goes on top of that and while andy makes a good point rail track have already said it needs to remain four tracks so so how do they do that well they go for something they want to go for a lightweight quick construction the, the quick is the aim of the game they could build a huge concrete uh, box and then around the railway and build on top of that but that would be uh, time consuming it would involve closing the rail for long periods of time it would involve complex formwork. it would just be really disruptive so they need something quick that they can almost lift in on top of the railway in kind of during the night um, without too much disruption to the railway. And so they develop... Uh, th- this is the approach that they develop. So so here's our railway, and it's clay cutting. Um, and uh, so they, they put in some... Uh some piles. Actually, you know what I need to do? I need to change my pen to be white. Let me just uh, let me just change the color to, to white so I can scribble on things. Uh, so, yeah, so basically these, I haven't actually drawn it in here, but these are kind of piled, uh, piled foundations here uh, with, I'm not quite sure what type of piling. It's not hugely relevant. Um, and then on top of that, they add uh, a three-pin arch formed of, uh, actually, it's formed of, so it's these pieces that kind of look like this, uh, kind of, uh, uh, there we are, uh, kind of pieces that kind of look a bit like that. Uh, and uh, and they're about what they're not hugely thick. they're quite th- very slender uh, pieces. Uh, they're about what is it? I think it's about two meters uh, kind of uh, this way. I think this is about was what about uh, what's the height? I think there's about eight to nine meters something like that. They're around eight eight and a half meters. Um, and and this relies on fairly straightforward um, fairly straightforward engineering principles of having a pin here. So a pin here and a pin here and a pin here. So you might be thinking, well, what what do you mean pin, pin? But essentially, by having this as a rigid piece, this here is a rigid piece. This is a rigid piece. Uh, the calculations for this become quite straightforward. The way that the forces manifest, kind of, uh, kind of loading, loading, kind of coming in here, and then the kind of the way the loading then transfers down through the arch. It's reasonably straightforward to to calculate, and 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 sort of, so it's fairly straightforward. It's also quite a light um, structure. So um, that was the logic. Let me get big face up so I can show you how arches work uh very quickly no that's no face that's no use at all here is a piece of cardboard uh and here is an arch let me just uh do it. There, there's an arch um so arches work uh basically by so you can see what am i doing here i'm, I'm holding these together and uh, much like the uh, much like barlow's arch at st Pancras, you need you need if you've got a big arch you need to kind of attach it either you do that by pinning it underneath or you do it by big uh kind of having big uh in this case they essentially pinned it but um in the temporary state anyway, um, or you have uh, sort of big abutments that kind of hold it down and kind of weigh it down, um, or you have a series of arches that, that kind of match together, so you've got a few of them next to each other, uh, and then you've got a big structure at the far end. Uh, lots of things like that. But basically, as load goes on the top, which is in this case is my big chin, you can see, well, you can't see because I'm holding it really badly, but I can put loads of force in there, and actually it's quite strong. It's quite strong, nice circular, the loading is quite... Arches are good. They're nice, simple, straightforward, um, structural uh, type. Anyway, let's go back to miniaturized face. So, having um having put these art this arch in this, this, I mean, you can't put Tesco's on top of this. So this is only the first part of the puzzle. So then, what they plan to do is essentially put a load of granular fill. So so this this here, which is my uh, is in my sketch, is a load of granular fill, and um and so they they fill this up with kind of carefully designed granular fill, and then on top of that they put sort of um. Uh, sort of more standard stuff they put a load of like ash and 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 sort of soil and then on top of that you put your, you put your Tesco's um, uh, there they are Tesco uh, so that would go on top of that so that was essentially the logic so they would go from uh, you know you put your piles in you put your your arch pieces in then the granular fill uh, and then the, the sort of fill on top of that and then the Tesco's that was the logic uh, and here's a picture uh, I've been I'm rationing some pixels uh, here, here are the pictures of um uh here's the picture showing these showing these pieces you can see the, the pieces here's one here you can see uh there's a whole one there uh in white you can, you can sort of see there, there there's a piece and sort of line these up and i think the whole thing so the length of the whole thing was about was it 310 meters or or maybe 300 and uh maybe maybe 330 meters Something like that, around about three hundred-ish meters. So quite long. That's quite a long space, and essentially they were going between these these overbridges. So from one end, one overbridge uh, to the other overbridge. Uh, and indeed, yeah, you can sort of see in this picture where they've finished placing all of the the pieces. So um, these two images kind of showing. You can see there's there's uh, here's um someone having a nice nice time waiting for the train um here is uh, one of the overbridges. so here, here it is and then you see the other one in the distance so you can see spandra there and then the other one there it's about 300 meters between them and you can see this arch you can see actually at this point it's got quite a, it's, it's kind of quite flat shape uh it's not hugely circular at this point anyway plenty of space underneath this annoying alignment that you get when you have rationalized track um just i don't know why they didn't straighten it between anyway never no mind so you can sort of see what's going on uh, so so far happy days right there's some questions uh matt reed asks has this tunnel option been used anywhere else yeah this this had been used um uh throughout the 90s actually it was developed as a mech as a, a in the mid 90s as a as a system for creating tunnels it had been used in europe quite a bit um uh yeah it wasn't uh, you know it wasn't a crazy thing a granular fill uh, sorry robin weston uh, just sort of um fill that um uh yeah fill so, so by which i mean kind of like rather than just stuff you've dug out the ground it's stuff that's kind of been carefully graded granular kind of graded fill so it's got the right you know the pieces the pieces of stone and aggregate in there and, and this and this the the stuff so it's sort of like the stuff you use for hardcore under a road so it's kind of prepared material that has essentially has because it binds quite well it, it, it adds structural properties to the overall thing um uh so yes uh Uh, chris jackson part of the challenge was adding the fill balance each side to keep the forces on the tunnel symmetrical we shall get to that um matt reed uh is this uh modern cut and cover without the cut no no no, because as uh, i think as tim says very much was a cut so the the, that that there was already a cutting that that picture we put up er uh, earlier this one you can see the cutting here so you can see there's all we've got our cut shape the cuts already happened so the cuts already happened uh, to give us this sort of uh, this space and this is then where the the pieces were added sort of the the art that 300 meters of, of arch with its with the, the, the kind of the bits was then added in the middle here and then the whole the idea was that that would get filled in and you put your Tescos on top that's where your Tescos would go that was the logic so um so here we are so this is kind of a, a view of what's going on uh, and here's another view uh, and you can see here that the, uh, you can see just above here, the Tesco's have started to appear. So there's clearly some stuff going on, the, the structure of the Tesco's appeared. But you'll also notice something weird has happened. This this picture here shows that there's a gap. There's a gap. Why is there a gap? Um, yes, why indeed is there a gap? So, the reason there is a gap is because something bad happened on Thursday the 30th of June 2005. Um, the bad thing that happened is this. this. This is what happened. It, it fell in. Uh, it collapsed. Uh, it collapsed with a driver sat in the station behind. So basically, a driver with this view um, was sat here and saw all this lot just kind of plummet in and make a right old mess. I think it was about seven, was it half seven in the evening? Was it in the evening? I think it was. All this lot crumbled in. Um, and um, the drive I think then the driver reported it and then there was an emer- the signal then it reported an emergency stop and a train had to do an emergency stop coming the other way but every, no one was harmed in the making of this uh, minor rail disaster um so uh, yes yes a date the 30th of June 2005 so it collapsed in made a right old mess uh, you can see that it wasn't just so you can see there's there's it's not just these um, these kind of failed units but actually you've got you've got failures up here as well you've got some um, sort of serviceability failures um of the of the actual arches are sort of they're kind of bowing in this is, this is bad folks this is very bad um, cut cover and collapse the three the famous three c's yes um so here is a better picture of what i have nicked off of uh the internet and someone else's scanned newspaper footage image anyway uh, i have no guilt so uh, here is the tunnel entrance so so at this end you can see this is this is the far end so the station's at this end uh, the picture we were just looking at was, was kind of looking this way, uh, looking this way, Yeah, you can see, looking this way. Um, you can see the Tesco's mostly built, and you can see where the collapse has happened. And what's interesting here is um, having a look at the fill, Have a, and, and I've got a better picture that shows it later, but you can kind of see that there, particularly around here, there's a bit of a gap in the fill. There's more fill on this side. Uh, that's something to note You'll notice that this is the area where that here, this has all been kind of filled in. This has all already been kind of finished filled in. They've they've put their 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 fill it, fill material in, and then you can see at this end uh, over here, uh, there's no fill. They they haven't done any filling. But you can see it's still the exposed uh, the exposed concrete rings, and they're in the process of filling in uh, on the approach. They they built it at this end this end they built it first because they needed to build the tesco so it made sense to start at that end because then the the tesco's could start being built bef- before everything else was finished because this is just a car park uh, and the kind of construction went this way so they kind of added fill and the fill is being added 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 added. you can see this bit um is where they would got to um yes uh no this fill this method is still used matt reed it, it's it's a sound method the method is essentially sound it's light you know it's 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 pretty um it's pretty lightweight construction type but it, it's it's not, you know, fundamentally, the engineering was not that much of a problem behind it. um, But it did rely on, uh, it relied on quite a complex temporary load state, which we'll get to momentarily. And it relied on some fairly, fi- fairly careful construction while the, the kind of those tunnel lining rings were still in place. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Anyway, there is a nice overhead picture, I think, fairly clearly showing what's going on. Um, so uh, let me go. Ah, Andy Savage has a couple of pics from inside the tunnel that uh, inspectors took at the time. Oh, Andy, that's exciting. Andy, send them on. If you can, pop them on Twitter. In fact, stuff it. Pop them on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure no one will mind. The HSE, as we'll get to, um, don't give a stuff about this. They want it to just go away. Uh, again, we'll get there. Right. Anyway, here are some other pictures of collapses. These are bad. This is bad. You don't want this to happen, folks. Actually, quite neatly, you can see the two different types of fill. So you can see... Uh, well, let me get my... Uh, let me change colour. Oh, no, I think you can see it. So at this point, you can see this, this level here, uh, and I'm drawing it in white. Uh, you can sort of see the line where the, um, the different fill material is, is. So you can sort of see you can see where the concrete is. Uh, the, there's the ring, and sort of see where it's given up. Uh, and then this the sort of fill material here is that granular fill. That's the granular fill there. And then on top of that is the material, is the kind of ash and the material they were going to build the Tesco's and the car park on top of. So that's gone in. Um, and you can see here, yeah, again, um, it's gone, it's collapsed. This isn't good. Um, so uh, now that's all, I'm not going to put them in. Any, any other pictures, um, we'll have it on Twitter. We can enjoy that uh, later. But I think broadly, these pictures kind of make the point. So, uh, and again, I've got another picture here and they've already started to excavate away uh the um the material so uh, interestingly you can see and again you can see there's more material on this side than there is on this side Um you can see so here they kind of this is where the work was still happening uh kind of they hadn't done the filling this is where they had started doing the filling you can see they've stepped they can see also they've you know they've um, done some stepping of the earthwork work so that when they so they basically had contiguous layering when they were putting it in anyway um and you can see where they filled it up you can see the level to which it was filled up up there so Actually, I think in the previous picture. Is it this one? Oh no, maybe it's the next one. Um, basically you can sort of get an idea of what was going on. But we're gonna go in a little more detail about what happened. Um why did it collapse? Well let's 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 discuss that, shall we? Um hopefully everyone's here and still still with us. Let's talk about the health and safety executive. So the health and safety executive at the time were the ones in charge of doing investigations into things like this and letting us know what had happened. And um and they did indeed start an investigation in two thousand and five. And in 2017, which is uh, you know sometime later, uh, there was uh, someone sent in a. Um, oh, I don't think I'm. But oh, it's fine. It's it's basically you can Google it anyway. I, I've not redacted. Ignore my non-redacted redactants. That's that's fine. Uh, no one no one could see Mr. Kins, Kinsley's name here. It's fine. Uh, anyway, it's on. It's it's actually your know, public data. So I've, I've not doxed anyone. It's fine. So. Uh, what is the response that um, that they've uh, that they've HSC have come up with here well uh, the response they've come up with is um, the, the response they've come up with is we ain't telling you so this was in 2017 question 1 is question 1 what is this current status of the investigation well, they finished the investigation in 2015. Oh, that's good. Great. So, you know, that's that's a 10-year investigation. That's a long investigation. But, you know, surely the report is out there, right? So you can read it. Engineers can understand what went wrong. You know, we can understand where the failures were, learn from them. Um, question two. What is stopping the completion of the investigation and the publishing of the report? Oh, well, um, hey, here they are restating that the, the investigation was completed. Well, okay, so the investigation was completed. Why is it not in the public domain? Um, HSE is considering publication of a draft report, but this remains subject to the resolution of legal issues. And as such, it cannot be confirmed whether that report will be made public. A decision will be made on this shortly. Um, spoiler alert, that report still doesn't exist in the public domain yet. Uh, so uh, we don't know. We don't actually know what happened. There's only reasonable guesswork. Um, Annie Savage, however, is in the chat um oh gary keener also points out that it's worth noting that the HMRA had been hmri sorry her majesty's railway inspector had been subsumed into the health and safety executive uh, It was a very unhappy marriage which is only resolved by the creation of the uh the raib the railway Accident investigation branch yeah um very good point uh so lots of cre- donald Brannigan's asking what i mean by ash i literally do mean ash ash is quite a useful civil engineering material we use it all over the place. Um, uh, yeah, Google structural ash fill. You'll you'll sort of um, you'll you'll get some responses, uh, Donald. And um, so yeah, the, the the bad news is, and Andy Savage perhaps can enlighten us on some of the th- as I go through the explanation, he can perhaps tidy up and enlighten uh, or some or, or correct me on some of the things. But basically, I'm piecing together what what I've found in in various kind of snippets uh, mostly off the new civil engineer most out of um, new civil engineer magazine actually where there's a reasonably good detailed explanation of what they reckon happened anyway uh, also what's interesting is uh, is question three which is quite funny just going into question three there's question three how many health and safety inve- uh, executive investigations have been active longer than this one uh, <laughs> again they're saying oh it's no longer active well they're saying there are currently no active investigations that are longer than yeah so none is the answer none this is this is absolute embarrassment that that is still not in the public domain. It's an embarrassment that the investigation took ten years, just absolutely shoddy, and I dare say it's because of all of the, um, a huge amount of it will be related to the that that contentious planning, that five-year planning process, and Tesco's not wanting, desperately not wanting to risk anything that's going to delay or potentially stop their Tescos from appearing above that's my guess also there'll definitely be major claims going on in terms of the uh, the civil engineering side of things like jackson's presumably got got the absolute boot shoved in in terms of uh, claim they'll have canter claimed it'll have got really ugly um yeah here's question three um someone's got their brush out and is holding up a carpet says matt reed uh Gary Keener, uh sorry gareth williams is asking uh, was that subsuming as a result of the coalition government's bonfire quangos no 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 that was um long longer before that we're talking subsuming was happening as a result of uh various new labor initiatives and then the splitting out was recommended by as a result of the cullen report into uh into labbrook grove i believe um uh, is that is that the right way around uh yes uh, r-a-i-b Yes, let me just. This is this is, you know, as ever, you know. These are professional uh, productions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was basically off the back of Labbrook Broker Grove Colin report. I do know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I forget, you know. We all have imposter, deep imposter syndrome, don't we? Anyway, right. So, um, here's some pictures again, and I think this picture's good, particularly this one here, because um, there anyway, I've got I've got red. So here's our here's our depth of fill. You can see that there's actually quite a lot of fill has been heaped. And you can see by this angle of repose here, this isn't, a, this isn't collapse fill. This is the, the fill that was naturally placed. There's a lot of fill heaped up here, right? A lot of fill. And again, this picture up here, this is before the collapse. You can see there's a lot of fill up here and not mu- not very much fill down here. Gap, lots of fill here, uh, not very much fill here. You, know, you see a big, uh, actually a big gap in fill. There should be fill here. Um, this is bad, folks, and we're going to explain why. Um, post column that set up RAB yeah that's it so do uh, do you th- oh, Matt read asks do i think we'll ever see the report well uh- I don't think we will, know. Andy Savage. Andy, was, Andy says he was a deputy chief at RAIB at the time. They'd just set up but had got no legal powers until after this. Yeah, we'll get to that date. Um, so they could not formally investigate it. It's fascinating, absolutely. Some fascinating sort of empire-building politics going on in, in amongst here. Really interesting. Andy, yeah, keep an eye on Andy's chat. Uh, Andy's comments in the chat, by the way. So there's, there's some really good, uh, he'll have some really good insights into this, um, no doubt. So anyway, those are some pictures that I think are quite telling. So I'm going to start scribbling. Uh, like there is no tomorrow, let me get some colors up here. So actually, I'm just going to go white because it keeps things nice and simple. Uh, or am I? No, I'm not going to go white. Let's go yellow. Uh, yeah, let's go. Um, how's this? Is this Ella? Check my... Is this nice and clear? That, that's fairly clear, isn't it? So um, we've already seen that that we know that um, basically the way this arch works is that it needed to have lots of fill uh, kind of... Oh, that's absolutely impossible. Let's go for a light blue. Uh, let me go for... Golly gosh. Let's go for this light blue. I think that... Is this is this now clearer? Let's have a look. Yeah, that'll do. So um, in order for this arch to... Um, basically, it needs to have lots of fill here um, and here. There we are. To make sure that the... To essentially provide the uplift force so that this uh, there's essentially a resistance... To the fill that was then added uh, from above up here so um basically the first thing that needed to happen is the start needed to have there needed to be fill being added here this needed to be filled up and this needed to be filled up so to build this thing they having, having put the concrete rings in concrete rings on their own are fine but the the, the sort of quite a complex series of kind of uh, or kind of quite a complex um process of loading these arches to make sure that they don't collapse under loading um, and, and essentially filling these up first was critical. Once you'd filled these up to a certain extent, you could then start adding fill uh, to the top. You could start adding fill. And and it's more complicated than I'm making out because actually you had to add, uh, essentially to provide any footing load down here, you did need to add a, la- a layer of, of total, kind of a, a surrounding layer of granular fill to distribute some of the loads beyond the arch. So you did actually need to have this then you could add this. And then only once you've got this sort of fill could you then start adding sort of more layers uh, here and here. And then once you sort of kind of raise those up, uh, then you could sort of, then then the top goes in and, and then blah, 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 and then you fill up to the top. The issue is, as we've seen in some of those photos, um, so they'd added fill down here. They'd added a bit of fill and they'd added a bit of fill down here but actually quite rapidly they'd started adding substantial volumes of fill up here now i don't know why that is and until the report is an- is provided we won't know why that is but i think it's a, it's from the from the data we've seen and from kind of fairly the, the kind of the reports and andy savage might confirm this in the chat so you'll have he- heard it here first if andy can chip in i'm really hoping he can um, by this loading this loading at the top it meant that the the loads coming down here at the crest of the arch was not enough. Was not being balanced by the kind of the little load. So these essentially wasn't being balanced by the kind of the force that was happening here. So there wasn't enough force on the arch here um, to actually balance out those the loadings happening at the top. And hopefully that makes sense. Uh, where can I get my massive face up? Uh, possibly my large chin. So um, can I, is this going to make sense? So essentially, in order to so you needed to have the the loading here. To stop the crest from kind of bowing in like that, um, so so essentially you're kind of you're kind of almost front front loading uh, there we are, front loading like that to sort of make sure that there's there's an upward force to resist. So you're essentially loading in in this side where my hands are to provide an upward force that then resists the loading that comes in from the top of the fill, which is my eyeballs there landing on top, um, uh, which then means that your arch would then be once it was then surrounded by fill uh, and and kind of Essentially, you could then load everything as you wanted to on top, and it would all be fine and stable and happy. Um, unfortunately, because they didn't load much up at the top here, um, that arch started bowing. Uh, it was already starting to bow, and um, and eventually, essentially, with too much fill at the top, in it went. Bad times. Um, I'm very pleased to see Andy Savage uh, say, um, what you're describing is what I can recall, so that's reassuring, <laughs> essentially. Um yeah, good stuff. Okay, so that's basically what happened for the for the collapse to occur. Um, hopefully that makes sense. Right, let's go back to my miniaturised face. So then the question is, what happened next? Um, uh, Ella, my chin is... Is my chin really co-host of the show? It is large, I'm sorry. My forehead also. is the receding hairline and the, Anyway. Uh, what happened next? Um, well, on the 20th August 2005, which was... Uh, how long after there's that? That's some months. Uh, the railway was declared safe... For services to resume, so that's months of closed railway, months of payment from the construction company and from basically from Tesco's to the railways. Rightly so, I think originally, and correct, correct me if I'm wrong. On this originally the budget for this was uh, uh, was twenty million, in in those days' prices. I think at the point where they reopened the tunnel to run, it had reached fifty million. So that's clearing out the collapse and possibly also the payments and maybe some of the claims. And I don't know what the end – what what I'm about to describe next. I don't know what the later prices are for the final thing. Um, it might, might have been on – I mean, I don't think it's actually included anywhere. Um, yeah, I don't think it's actually – I don't think there's any detail in terms of uh, what the total cost is. Yeah, there's nothing on, on kind of final costs. It's all been kept very, very hush-hush. So um, – there you are so. So engineers had kind of confirmed that it was fine, and indeed the Health and Safety Executive, at least they did publish one thing, which is um, that the yeah Chris Jackson says closure was uh, roundly seven weeks. Uh, yeah, crikey. Um, yeah, so here's the HSE. Is Adrian Shooter uh, receiving a letter saying your railways are, uh, we've opened the railway again for you. Um, so the HSE said yes, it's safe, but that's about the only thing. This is basically the only document they published in relation to it. Actually, Alan Spence I think falls into Alan is on. Alan is on Twitter. Uh, I should have messaged him before this. Alan, hi, if you're watching. Um, It'd be interesting to get your take on all this. Uh, I'm sure you did want to publish the things that you looked into. Um, Anyway, so that letter happened. But here, this is basically how the railroad was run. It was run with uh, a pointless arch running over the top uh, and a big gap, and then another pointless arch running over the top with nothing above it. Um, Or or rather, a half-built Tesco's above it. So uh, not ideal. Uh, Not very good at all. So... What was that? They use Windows? Uh, yeah, very... Pro- oh, yeah, that's it. They're using Windows. Yeah, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with Windows, Ella. I'll use Windows. Anyway, right. Jackson. Let's go back to Jackson. Not Chris Jackson, who's in the chat. Um, oh, Gareth Williams is pointing out that 20 million is about... It's about double... It's about half of what it is in today's money. So it's about 40 million then, and then it went up to 100 million. Uh, Yeah, crikey. Um, so... Oh, because Ella, it's in C work because back in those days, everyone stored stuff in just their C drive. That was the way of things. Uh, it was back in the old, that, that would have been a computer running Windows 95. Let's face it. In fact, Alan can probably confirm to us exactly what, compu- what, what what version of Windows he was using. Anyway, we digress. So Jackson, did Jackson get left to finish and mop up their work and tidy everything up? Uh, no, they didn't. They were binned off the job pretty rapidly. Uh, White, young, green, green, uh, also binned off the job. Yeah, the reason I said I potentially get sad is because White Young Green went to Amy, but a lot of people in White Young Green ended up moving over to a company called uh called Hyder Consulting that then got subsumed into uh, Arcadis, which is where I work. Hi. Um anyway, yeah, Jackson binned off the job. They didn't go, they didn't fold up, but I imagine that it was they would have to do with some pretty substantial um pretty substantial claims, frankly. Uh, enter Costain. Costain got involved with their um Thunderbirds logo. There it is, it's looking very Thunderbirds boom, 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 boom. Bits bits appearing and stuff. Anyway, 2005 is a bit late for Windows 95. Not in the public sector, it ain't. Um, So anyway, uh, there's Costain. Costain get involved. Uh, And what do they do to fix it? Well, um, they propose to kind of essentially retain... Can you hear the bird song? That's nice, isn't it? Basically, they, they propose to retain where they can the existing arches, and they place some new arches around the top for strengthening. They then, uh, I think, I think it's, it was a, it's an in situ pour. Uh, so, so they so that would involve the reinforcement mesh over the back of the concrete arch and a, and an in situ pour, um, which means I think they will have, in the gap in There's about thirty meter. Oh no, it's about so. There's about a thirty meter gap. Let's go back to the picture. So the, the width the, the length of collapsed tunnel was. Let's go back to the picture. This bit was about was about 30 meters. Um, the length that they then had to demolish to make safe was about twice that. It was about 60 meters. So there's a 60-meter gap. Um, but for the most part, they essentially proposed to put this um, in-situ concrete uh, casting around it. Um, they then proposed to pile, to put in some piles um, in around it to... Let me just change my color again. I'm abs- As you can see, I'm kind of pro-moving this. Uh, where are we? So these piles went in here, uh, pop in a pile, pop in a pile. A pile is just like a, uh, it can either be a, a kind of a, a single column put into the ground or it can be like a, a kind of a linear thing popped into the ground. In this case, it was sort of sheet piling, I think. Or no, it wasn't sheet piling, it was board piling, but in a, in a line to form essentially a sheet. I think I'll show it in a picture in a minute. Um, uh, and, and that was essentially so that when they piled in the stuff behind here, they could pile in anything they like without affecting the the load behavior um, of the uh, of kind of uh, of the arch. So essentially, it, it reduces the stresses on the on the arch. So as we can see, so that that gets filled in, and essentially that st- that isolates this. So so it means that this this sort of area here, this this dashed area, becomes isolated from everything else. They don't have to worry about um, what else they're going to kind of um kind of what fill they do it makes it easier loading wise basically it was, it was their, their belt embraces it as much as they could um, so then the fill goes in and this time they used rather than using granular fill and sort of you know different types of fill actually in this situation they just used that actually they, they didn't use a mixture of things but they were using um sort of foamed uh they were kind of using foamed concrete so it had air, air kind of air pockets in it so that it reduced its uh, its mass its density so that the um, so whilst it still had some of the, the same broadly the same structural properties it had uh, reduced overall uh, mass which ov- which then in turn reduced the loading so you kind of got less loading um, in your arch which is fine so that that means that it's kind of uh, more robust more predictable The key thing with this is that that what went wrong was the temporary works, the temporary loading situation. So by simplifying that, by making it less critical, you know, by making it kind of less, you have to be less finely tuned about it, they're making it less likely they're going to throw the Tescos on the railway again. Anyway, um, so, and here's some pictures of them doing just that. Here's the gap, I think. And you can see they've got the you can see here the uh, the piling going in. actually so they've, what they've done is actually they've in my diagram here I've I've shown these piles as being um, as being kind of miles up in the air but actually what they've done is they've t- they've piled to like here and then it looks like they've used dense gabion baskets sort of uh, the things where you have stone in there. they look like you use kind of gabion baskets above um, sort of as a as a, as a means of retention so the you know, gabion baskets which I think you can see in this picture yeah. Uh, oh no that's not I, I speak nonsense oh maybe it's gaming basket but that to me looks like uh that looks like reinforcement mesh actually so no maybe it isn't gaming baskets it might be reinforcing mesh that they then um that they'll then uh, in situ concrete around so so yeah um that seems fairly reasonable but you can see the piling here and I think there's another picture which shows the piling even better that you can see them placing in these new well, these look like so these maybe these are. Ah, so actually, maybe they put the same segments in, so they they the segments like for like in that gap, and then they put the the in situ pour concrete on top. That makes some sense. Oh yeah, you can see them leaving, uh, heaving them in. Um, and oh yeah, here's a nice picture showing things a bit more clearly. So, they're still excavating at this point. Here you can see where they're they're actually this is an earlier picture. But the, the the railway running underneath. Shooter's getting his tr- his turbos running back and forth. You can see they've they've um they've kind of. Uh, Pile. You can see the piles that have been driven. Circular piles have been kind of driven in uh, one by one here. Um, there might be CFA piles or whatever. Any civil engineering nerds in here can kind of update me on that. I'm not. I'm not a structural, civil, or a foundation engineer. Anywho. Um, so that's it. That's how they did it. And then they, and then having done all that concrete, that, that kind of the new fill, eventually they could put the stuff on the top and build the Tesco's. We reached November 2010, and um, and Tesco's opens. Hooray, possibly. Or if you're a local who's had to deal with all the disruption, boo. Anyway, Tesco's opens. And and here it is. Here's a nice view of the Tesco's. There's Tesco's there. Tesco's. And you can see they've, they've built a nice, they've kind of, engineered a nice kind of ICE-style tunnel portal at the station end. Uh, It's a bit less glamorous on the other end. So actually what they've done is buried the old bridge in here, which I have to say I'm not such a fan of burying old structural forms because there's a load of hidden critical elements now inside this. But anyway, whatever. Uh, If Bill Harvey was watching, he'd be very unhappy about that. So they essentially filled in that bridge, uh, entirely covered it up to be forgotten in the annals of time, uh, made this nice portal here, this lovely portal, um, and and, and then built your Tesco's on top. Hey, presto. There it is. Um, there's a nice tunnel. A train arriving at Gerrards Cross. It's all looking quite smart. Do the station buildings exist? Do the the station buildings still there? Just behind shot. Is Tim still watching? Savage is saying, it must have been a pretty substantial wall to get the crane there. Uh, yes, agreed. It would have. So it might have been that they made a more substantial wall on one side to for the surcharge of the of the crane, and then did less on the other side. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 no evidence, so I couldn't see. Anyway, um, yeah, no Photoshop involved in this picture. It's true. Uh, Mr. Tim Dunn says boo um, uh, in relation to something. I'm, I'm, was it in, is that in relation to the lack of station? Uh, Simon Wadsworth said they may have used shotcrete. Uh, it's trying to cast concrete against a convex curve, not easy. No, no, no. I think they didn't. Use, they didn't use shotcrete. They did use um, cast in situ. I think. Uh, I, I can. I can. I can double check that now. Wait for it anyone expecting a professional production i am um, sorry to disappoint you um so let's see um so there's oh, there's quite that's a there's a really good uh new civil engineer piece on, on explaining how they how, kind of how they fix it um kind of how they're fixing the issue so there we go crikey i mean there's a lot of detail yeah they, they, they're, t- they're talking about kind of in situ concrete behind um yeah there's a really detailed if you want the detailed civil engineering stuff there's a um, yeah, you can go in and do some googling, um, and basically the new civil engineer. Um, there's a new civil engineer piece in the archive from 2009 that goes into some decent detail about the engineering, if, if you so fancy it. But I figured it's it's somewhat adjacent to the to the task, the, the issues at hand, because uh, the things I'm interested in are some of the management issues going on here. Oh, have you already, you've already signed up that bingo square, Gareth Williams, I'm sorry. Chris Jackson, there was a buried viaduct inside an embankment on the Dover-Folkestone line which collapsed a few years ago. Yeah, it was. That was. To be fair, that was a bit of a timber thing, but it did cause, cause substantial disruption and expensive rebuildings. It's, it's not the best to do that. Anyway, here's some images from Visivy uh, showing what's going on. There you can see the nice portal. This is, It's quite a nice portal there. Yeah, it's quite nice, isn't it? Um, There's the Tesco's. And basically, between the Tesco... So, so all of this work is essentially for a Tesco's of, of some size and mostly car park so this they've buried the railway essentially mostly for car park let's get google maps up again to remind ourselves um if i zoom in on here yeah look it's mostly it's mostly uh it's mostly car park it's a bit of tesco's mostly car park was it really worth it for what is basically just a big car park surely that tesco does that tesco's really need to be there um i don't think it does i'm not I, i'm not uh Basically, I'm getting in the No to Tesco's shop with all the with all the grannies upset about the idea of Tesco's happening, and I'm getting hold of the Molotov cocktail and I'm chucking it out of the window because uh, yeah, I I don't think the Tesco should be there. There's no point to it. Um, yeah, Tesco's is have their place. They reduce they do they reduce the cost of goods for you know overall. Tesco's is probably a good thing because it reduces the cost of goods for people in 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 ways and it's quite efficient and efficiency is also energy uh, kind of environmentally friendly. But the flip side of that is that they encourage more consumption, so that undermines that somewhat, probably. Uh, PhDs send them this way. Anyway, uh, I'm not convinced it was a great idea in this situation anyway. However, oh, what else is going on? Yeah, the other side. So that's one side. The other side, um, you can see the the bridge is still in place. There's the old bridge, and then there's the new new portal behind. Uh, Slightly less elaborate because it's hidden by the old bridge. Anyway, there we are. And here you can see some, what is this, mock Tudor, love it or hate it there we go and some squarer things have appeared here as well and, and more car park aren't you glad there's even more car park appearing isn't it wonderful oh yes um 2008 view of the construction is on street view oh really that can oh, that's interesting um oh really actually on oh yeah that's interesting uh let's do this and where's where's our street view man oh, i wonder can i can i go in here and have a look can i press is this where's the time thing Yeah, there we are. Let's go to 2008, yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. Nice. Uh, Yeah, true facts. Um, Yeah, you can see them uh, working on it very much. They've got considerable, considerate constructors and all that jazz. Anyway, very nice. Uh, Good shout. Anyway, right, what else am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about the health and safety executive again. Um, Tim John says, Nobody in Gerrard's Cross actually really buys food here anyway. Most have au pairs or deliveroo (laughs) now. (laughs) <laughs> yes um yes <laughs> uh, the, the tale doesn't end there from my perspective because um uh if we uh, dive into uh, uh more freedom of information requests um there's another there was another one pretty recently march 2021 in fact and it's asking um for a copy of the investigation into the tunnel collapse um and basically what have they said Where are we? Let's let me go. Uh, Let me go. Oh, you know what's funny is I don't think this is actually the um, the uh, image that. Well, let me go in here. Tesco tunnel, and let me get. I think it's this one. Uh, Yes, this is. uh, Oh, that's number three. So I want uh, this one here. And I don't think that is. Oh yeah, there's. I'm a bit doing. Yeah. Oh, that's it. It's literally this. It's one line. Sorry, I was getting distracted because I thought there was more to it than that. There is not. There is just one sentence in here that actually um, is making reference to the... All right, let me get my pen ink color back to red. This. This is it. They've gone from there are legal issues, we're not publishing it, to, yeah, we just aren't publishing it, folks. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. So that's very nice then, isn't it? Just to just so it's so the HSE... Do better, HSE. Find that report, publish it. For what purpose is it not being allowed to publish or, or surreptitiously publish the reason why you're not allowed to. But there's probably a giant flipping non-disclosure agreement associated with it. Um, uh, and maybe an injunction about them even... Meant maybe there's a super injunction on it. They're not even allowed to mention the fact that the report... Or why the report isn't getting published. Anyway, uh, it's pathetic. Uh, the engineering community needs to understand what happened uh, so that we can do better, um, frankly. So, um... Thankfully, the and relevant to the fact that we were talking about Carmen earlier, thankfully, as and indeed as Andy Savage has pointed out, uh, in 2005, October 2005, RAIB got their legal powers and took over... Wait a minute. Uh, RAIB got their legal powers and took over the ability to investigate um, failures, damp- property damage, uh, crashes, derailments, uh, other fatalities. They got the power to, to make those investigations and they do so uh independently and in a way that and they they publish those so they're open for all to see um yes maybe you could argue that they can be a bit slow um they could probably benefit from being better resourced uh as, as is true for so much on the railway but i think they do a good job uh yes so um what's the point of the report if it's not accessible well indeed Indeed, Gregor. What is the point? Um, Owen O'Neill asks, uh, so who owns the ongoing maintenance liability for the new tunnel, and how much did Tesco pay the railway for the land? Yeah, I don't know, actually. It's a very good question. I don't know the answer to those things. Um, In terms of ongoing maintenance liability, what is it for overbridges? I think it would be... I think overbridges do fall... generally fall to the leasehold, so I think it would be Tesco's who's in charge of that, but I don't know. They might well have said, actually... uh, network rail can you have it i I don't know what the arrangement is there any 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 structures people if the um if the uh lnw south uh structures ram is watching uh do you own that structure or is it someone else's let us know um right what was that on about waffling on about something or other oh yeah what about oversight development more generally this came up a little bit in some of the chat uh on twitter moments before the this episode went out oh it's it's eight o'clock sorry we're running a little late but for once probably not too late it's nice isn't it what about the oversight development more generally or what about oversight general uh, development more generally i have to say i'm agnostic at best about um oh yeah someone's pointing out that logo the reib logo is very 2005 uh yeah that's it's quite a it's quite a, a vibe isn't it Crikey! Uh, it's when everyone was using. I mean, is that is that Westminster font as well? It looks almost like it, doesn't it? It's quite um, yeah, that or Euro style. It's quite flat and stout. Anyway, funny stuff. Right. Um. Yeah, Gary Keen, a third party overbridge of responsibility of owner, not network rail. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, what about OSD? More develop, uh, more generally. Well, I'm agnostic at best. Uh, why? Because well, for all sorts of reasons. Uh, one of them is that we're um, justify we're basically j- trying to make money for not necessarily great reasons in a lot of places by selling land to companies like Lendlease who in my eye I don't hold them in high regard um, particularly for what they're currently up to at Houston, which is limiting the potential capacity of an, a massive nationally strategic piece of infrastructure so that they can make a few more bob and possibly notch five percent off the capex off off the kind of net capex of Euston Station. It's pathetic. Um, uh, yeah. So for example, here's a here, here's a cutaway at Euston. And um, where's the wonderful this wonderful high speed railway station? This this kind of the, the, these platforms that'll be the gateway for people passengers arriving into London from the whole country. Um, this bit here. Uh, yeah. This this space here. This bit. Just this little space. Um, okay, yeah, obviously it goes a bit further that way. Um, but they're going to fit ten platforms in there. Does anyone ha, have any of these people ever been to Birmingham New Street Station? Don't do this, folks. And in terms of it's not just okay. So oversight development on stations, I'm basically massively against it. Don't do it. Light, let natural light arrive. Let there be these. Every station should be somewhere people want to be, not 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 flipping Warren that people are dumped inside to catch trains. Um, and if it is going to be underground, it should be a landmark structure. Not, you know, it should be because it has to be, not because we've inflicted that sort of. Uh, there are there are examples where oversight development can work and it can look good. Just watch uh, the architecture of the railways built to see some examples of good underground railway stations. But um, certainly in the UK, that's very rarely the case. I have to say. Um, uh, and in terms of other places, so for example, um, uh, depots or. Um, or, or or even areas where you've got kind of quite a few tracks in place, as soon as you do oversight development, you're trapping the railway. Land that could otherwise be... Um, Old.com is a great example where land that was a depot is now becoming a, a, a massive transport interchange. We're trapping ourselves based on, on, on whimsy and chasing reductions in capital costs that we otherwise ought not to do. We don't need to do it. Um, so I have to say I'm sceptical. Every case is different, but I'm generally... Uh, I come into any suggestion of oversight development being a good, good idea as a cynic. Um, Andy Savage, oversight development, see the RAIB report on the development over Northern city branch that put piles through the tunnel, uh, which is after his time at uh, RAIB. Yeah. That's a good example of when not to do it. Don't do a Penn station on it, says Ella. Yes. Uh, Memnonia says uh, Berlin helped is a perfect example of this done well. Yeah, but that isn't oversight development. It's just, um, it's just a big, particularly it's just, it's just a multi-level station. I don't think there's a huge amount of development up top. Um, yes, so, uh, not, not a huge fan of that, right, that's it, that's it, I've, I've done my nabber- I'm done my yabbering, um, yeah, right, well, stay tuned to find out what next, what we're covering next episode, but I'm gonna get rid of my face, uh, let's do, let's, let me just click some buttons, there we are, oh, let's get rid of my face, so, um, thanks for listening and watching, everyone, particularly those who have listened after the fact, again, this is another graphic one, I don't know how well that worked in audio-only form, we'll, we'll, you know, answers on a postcard, um, Patreon. Please do think about supporting me on Patreon to do more of these. This was a particularly chaotic one, but hopefully kind of interesting. I don't know how much is actually new information. Well, probably not. Andy's inputs and Tim's inputs are, uh, uh, are, are useful, um, uh, are probably more useful than mine, but hopefully it's kind of wrapped it into one place in a way that maybe uh, didn't exist before, plus some, some kind of nice diagrams that I did myself. Um, so uh yeah patreon.com slash gareth dennis is where to go for, for patron support uh go into the discord for more chat i'll put andy savage's pictures over there if he send, sends them over and lets me um uh yes so that's gareth slash discord and then paypal if you want to informally chop me pennies paypal.me slash gareth dennis please please do th- I, I everyone tells me off for not saying like and subscribe <coughs> i am um, I always feel weird saying that because I was was kind of gruff and huff whenever other people say it on their videos. But I suppose, yeah, you probably should like this and subscribe because then people watch more of these and then it's like a virtuous circle, right? And then I can quit my day job and start working on Canadian light rapid transit projects. No, I'm not going to quit my day job for this, don't worry. Or do worry if you want me to do that. It's not happening. Sorry, I like being an engineer too much. Anyway, right. Next episode, episode 59 of Rail Natter. Um, We're going to talk about the Karmic derailment in detail. I think Now that the interim report has come out, uh, it's not got all the answers but it's it's going to raise sufficient useful questions for us that there's probably quite a lot we can think about invariably we'll talk we'll look at the, re, the full report when it gets published but i think we'll have to wait a long time and while it's reasonably fresh in people's mind but also distant enough that we're sort of we can talk about it without upsetting you know being generally upset at the idea of it um i think it's it's good for us to look through this so um i'm going to look through the interim report we're going to do a page turn Talk about all the things that it kind of covers. I'm going to probably rant about the terrible crashworthiness of HSTs and the fact they shouldn't be on the network anymore. Um, what else? Quite a, quite a lot, yeah. Um, but that is next week. And after that uh, is going to be a fun episode again. So it's not going to be all doom and gloom. And then after that, we're going to talk about the thing that's going to be out tomorrow that no one knows about, and it's embargoed. So, yes, be excited about that. <laughs> anyway, it's still kind of light outside. It's nice. I've had my window open, which means that I get birdsong, which is good. But it means that all of my neighbours get me shouting loudly, which is bad. Um, everyone, thanks so much for watching. Oh, good grief. Ella, stop spamming the links. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> yes. So, uh, where are we? Oh, good, yeah. If you've got any questions... I mean, any any thoughts, any questions, any queries... Um, uh, before i disappear off it's seven minutes past eight we've got three minutes to make this a, an hour and 10 minute show uh andy gary tim uh thanks for joining thanks for adding your insights all three of you adding you, in fact chris jackson as well thanks for adding your insights um yeah some uh some some very useful stuff there andy savage particularly uh i look forward to seeing those pictures and getting your insights i'm glad that broadly my description seems to match with what you remember that's reassuring <laughs> um yes all that remains for me, that's all right, Ellie, you're all right. Um, uh, all that remains for me to say is, um, is to is to sort of wave wave your cheerio. And if there aren't any questions, I'm not seeing any questions coming through. Uh, Gareth Williams, shh. Um, Ned Carlson saying there is snow in Canada right now. That uh, well, seems strange. Um, parliamentary petition, well, anyway, there's lots of chat going on um is stuttgart 21 a case of oversight development uh stuttgart 21's a nightmare that's what it is i think it deserves its own rail matter episode uh, i need to get someone involved in the project to come over and chat to us about um about such things um i'm also going to quickly go in here and good yes sorry <laughs> right, i'm gonna leave you peace and quiet no questions have come through i think it's time to leave you peace and quiet and enjoy the rest of your evenings everyone thanks for watching this um actually reasonably prompt and and neat and tidy episode of Rail Natter. I'll see you all um I'll see you all next week. Uh yeah. <laughs> I'm waving, but I'm just making sure my stuff is already. Uh yeah. Cheerio. Cheerio.